We're just listening to the house of mercy, waiting for the waters to stir. A world is to be fought for, sung, and built. Love must imagine the world. Let us nourish beginnings. Not all things are blessed, but the seeds of all things are blessed. The blessing is in the seed. That is from Poetry by Muriel Ruckeiser. Hi, everyone. It's me, Debbie. It's June 12th, and I'm recording this from my screen porch in Malacca, Minnesota, where we're enjoying a day that is not even going to reach 90 degrees. I realize you may be listening to this on the 13th, and I think that's going to be another hot one. So grab some ice cold water or a nice rosé, because you know the days you attend House of Mercy from home in your pajamas, with your wine, or whatever way you listen, they are happily coming to an end. I mean, we are going to start meeting together again in real life. On June 20th, that's next Sunday, we're meeting outside at church. That is at 436 Roy Street in St. Paul, in case you've forgotten where it is. Bring chairs, bring blankets. Can't wait to see you. And then on July 11th, July 11th, we're going to start meeting again regularly inside. It's probably going to feel weird and wonderful. And you know what? I guess you can wear your pajamas to church if you want to. You know, come however you are, whatever you're wearing. It'll be good to be together again. Russell's in Oregon this week. Uh, he'll be back next Sunday. Today, Dr. Phyllis Salon is preaching. Many of you know her as Phyllis. She's a professor and a counselor and a damn fine gardener and preacher. She is responsible for the Mercy Garden, which is right outside the door of the Shield Street entrance of the church. It's going to be good to see that next week. The gospel reading for the lectionary today is about seeds and plants. So I feel like we're lucky to hear from Phyllis today. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you, Phyllis. Grateful for you. Grateful for all of you. This is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, we're praying to you from different places, our homes, maybe our gardens or cars or walking the dog, from places of gratitude or maybe grief or aggravation. Wherever we are at, whatever our particular lives are like on this day, help us feel a depth of connection for a moment to the community, the planet, all that surrounds us and help us know we are loved by you and other humans too. We pray that the seeds would sprout and grow 
and the branches would grow so large that the birds can make nests in the shade. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Share a sign of peace. Please join with us in singing House of Mercy hymn number 22, How Can You Refuse Him Now? by Hank Williams. There's a story old that has often been told of how our Savior died. As they nailed his hands, he cried, they don't understand. As the blood flowed from his side, how can you refuse him now? How can you refuse him now? How can you turn away from his side? With tears in his eyes on the cross there he died. How can you refuse Jesus now? As he hung there on the tree, he prayed for you and me. There was no join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer or petition with God in your mercy. I invite you to respond. Hear our prayer. God of mercy, we pray that everyone who needs a little shade will find it. We pray for cool breezes and cold water. We pray for enough rain. God in your mercy, Hear our prayer. God of mercy, it would be a great time for some sort of unprecedented spirit of cooperation to rise up throughout this world where we all recognize how we need to work together to heal the planet and make sure resources get distributed more equitably, like some sprouting and blooming and growing of a culture of care among people and nations, leaders and followers, that the fortunate would be gracious in giving and the less fortunate would receive in abundance. Surely there is some possibility for us to save this planet, to end racism, help us not squander the moment 
any moment. It may seem like a lot to ask. We continue to pray for transformation, that the seeds will grow, turn into trees with large branches. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we are grateful to get to see each other's faces, even mouths and noses, for the freedom to sit in a cafe and drink a cup of coffee, to eat together, hear music together, hug people. May we relish these gifts, this life, and not forget to savor it, and not forget to find things beautiful, and not forget to be grateful. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, as so many things start up again, we might need help adjusting. Help us be patient with ourselves and each other. Maybe some new expansive sense of patience where we are not so critical of how others manage to move through the world, not even so critical of how we ourselves manage to move through the world. It's not really that easy for most of us. Help us try to remember that and love each other and forgive each other all as you do, which is a lot. Thank you and keep us learning from you. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we have so many particular troubles, wounds, and pains. We have relationships that need healing, loves that need showers of mercy, bodies and minds and spirits that are suffering from dis-ease, disease, wounds, and loneliness, and it's not all curable. So we pray for whatever healing you can bring, for love that is like a salve that is greater even than death, for moments that are free of pain. We pray for mercy in the midst of whatever we face. We pray especially for Naomi and all of Jess's family and friends. Be tender with their broken hearts. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that you will hear us now as we remember people we know are in need, as we remember what we are grateful for, and as we bring to you our confessions, as we pause now for silence. Lead us into the mercy. Amen. The gospel reading for tonight is from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 to 32. He also said, 
The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Seeds are pretty amazing. There are around a million different types of seeds. Seeds are very significant to our lives, whether it's to growing cereals, growing herbs, fruits and vegetables, or using them for culinary purposes like black beans for enchiladas, lentils for stews, and nuts and seeds for those sandwich spreads. Only about one-third of the protein eaten around the world comes from animals raised for food. Much of the protein consumed around the world comes from vegetarian sources, including grains, legumes, and nuts, all of which are seeds. Three seed grains, wheat, corn, and rice, provide 60% of the world's energy, as well as a good percentage of the protein consumed. The world's largest known seed in the fruit of the double coconut palm can get as large as 55 pounds. The smallest seeds in the world come from orchids, weighing in at just 10 billionths of an ounce. Orchid seedlings face imminent starvation after germination with so little space inside the seed coat to store any nutrients. To solve this problem, orchids, like our state flower, the showy lady slipper, must partner with soil fungus that infects the cells of the seedling and supplies its nutritional needs. Without the fungus, the seeds won't germinate or survive. So what's the longest the seed can survive? The Arctic lupin holds the record so far. Seeds of this plant were found in the burrows of lemmings in Alaska. Researchers were able to germinate the seeds which had been buried in the Arctic soil since the end of the last ice age and produce plants. The oldest mature seed that has grown into a viable fruit plant was a Judean date palm seed about 2000 years old preserved in a cool, dry place, and recovered from excavations at Herod the Great's palace on Masada in Israel. Seed dormancy allowed seeds to overcome periods that are unfavorable for seedling establishment and is therefore important for plant ecology and agriculture. Several processes are known to be involved in the induction of dormancy and in the switch from the dormant to the germinating state. To germinate, all seeds need some similar things. Water, oxygen and warmth, though the right temperature varies widely, the right spot, and a little time. Some seeds need light, others need darkness. 
Some seeds need the enzymes from inside particular birds or animals to germinate. The seed of the Australian snotty gowl plant, I swear to God that is really the name of a plant, gets coated with a chemical signal for germination while in the emu's gut. There are seeds that only germinate after forest fires. Some need the fire to crack open their hard shells. Others need chemicals in smoke and still others, the chemicals in the ash. Seeds get dispersed or sown through various means. Though a large percentage of the tree's seed crop will fall within a short distance from the tree, they do have the capacity to travel huge distances. Storms have been found to enable seeds of the poplar tree to travel up to 30 kilometers. Seeds with feathery bristles like cottonwood, dandelion, and milkweed can travel even longer distances. The dandelion seed holds the record as the farthest traveling passive flying structure that we know of in the, in the plant world, flying up to 100 kilometers. Birds carry seeds to their hatchlings in the nest. Ants bring seeds into their tunnels. Squirrels and other burrowing animals bury seeds for lean times. You know, I find peanuts in the weirdest places. Seeds also get stuck to animal fur, the bottom of feet and clothing, and in that way can travel across continents. One of the main means of dispersal is actually you guessed it, poop. Cassowaries, large flightless birds from Papua New Guinea, are the only way that certain large single-seeded native fruits can be dispersed. What's more, being deposited with a good dose of cassowary poop may, may also benefit some seeds when it comes to germination. Not only do droppings provide moisture, but they also protect the seeds from predators such as rodents who don't like eating seeds and fresh scat and really who can blame them according to the u.s forest service virtually all the world's seed plants need to be pollinated pollination is important because it leads to the production of fruit and seeds that will create more plants this is just as true for cone-bearing plants, such as pine trees, as for the more colorful and familiar flowering plants. With adequate pollination, wildflowers will produce and produce enough seeds for dispersal and propagation, maintain genetic diversity within a population, and develop adequate fruits to entice the seed dispersers. Cross-pollination is when a plant is pollinated by another variety of a related species by way of a bee, hummingbird, or other pollinator. The two plants' genetic material combines and the resulting seeds from that pollination will have characteristics of both varieties, creating something new. I love the way that my flowers can change colors, even if subtly, from year to year. It is amazing to see stripes or dapples where there used to be only solids. I now have an echinacea that grows half green, half purple flowers and daisies that grow two-headed flowers every year. I have no idea how that happened. It surprises me every time. I kind of like that about seeds and gardens. No matter how hard one might try, 
there's really no way to control or completely tame what happens. Honestly, I don't even try that hard. This year, I'm letting the tomatoes grow where they landed at the end of last year. Not all of them, of course, because nobody needs that many tomatoes. But when they get to be too many for me, like they always do, I will put them out in a basket on the corner and people in the neighborhood will take them home. My grandmother taught me that whatever you grow, you need to grow enough to share. I always plant enough sunflowers, tomatoes, cucumbers, and beans for me, the birds, and my friends. Every summer I spend time with my sister in Chicago doing yard projects. We have mended fences, created multi-level bedding areas, built compost bins, created cobblestone patio spaces, and moved plants and stones and garden decorations from here to there for 20 years. Last year, we cleared a large space in her yard that was overgrown and kind of a mess. We spent three days cutting down invasive trees, digging out weeds, pulling aggressive vines, and moving various bulbs and tubers that had multiplied and traveled over the years. Last summer and fall, I collected seeds from all the plants in my gardens, mixed them together in envelopes, roughly according to size, and sent a box of them to my sister for Christmas. I am so excited to go there in July to see what came up. I have plants in my garden, the original seeds of which came, by way of my aunt's yard, from my grandmother's garden in Chicago. We have flowers growing on the south side of the church out here that come from that stock too. It is no surprise to me that the kingdom of heaven is like seeds. People in the planet cannot survive without seeds. Seeds are everything. And alone, without the wind and the animals and bees and fire and friends and water, seeds are nothing. This is God's table and all are welcome. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and gave thanks for it and broke it and gave it to the disciples to eat, saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this and remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave the cup for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and shed for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. Won't you please join us in singing Power in the Blood? It's on page 19 of your House of Mercy hymnal. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? Would you do something?
Now may the seeds of God's love grow in you. May the mercy of Christ put forth large branches so the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. May you know the peace of the Spirit surrounds you even now, whatever turmoil you face. Go in peace. Amen.